welcome listeners to Season 5, Episode 8 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char, and my pronouns are she, they. And I'm Kelly, and my pronouns are they, them. And this week, we are watching Raw from 2016. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to help you get that rabbit liver down. This episode will contain discussion on shame, sexism, cannibalism, assault, and animal death. If any of these things are something that you need to not hear about today, feel free to skip this episode. So I made the drink this week. You did. Which I am calling Rush Week Shots, (laughs) but I accidentally made a little bit too much as I was concocting it. So we're enjoying this as a sipping beverage. It's multiple shots in one. (laughs) Uh, As the lead character would say, make it so I don't have to come back. Exactly. There you go. I did it on purpose. It all comes together. (laughs) Um, and in the film, there is a moment when she's doing her rush that she has to literally eat a rabbit liver and then they give them some sort of brownish shot to have. And I was like, why don't I try and make that? So this is a combination of a few different lovely products, all of which are sponsored. Uh, To make Rush Week shots, you need one ounce of Mad Labs sarsaparilla. Did I say that right? Uh, Sarsaparilla? Sarsaparilla? Sarsaparilla. All right. If you if you talk like a cowboy. <laughs> half an ounce of After Dark Distillery's Rue Beer Moonshine and half an ounce of After Dark Distillery's Whiskey. I tried to make this a Kelly beverage. I figured that if you're going to eat rabbit liver, you need something strong yeah. to help wash it down, but also I wanted it to still taste nice. And I and sarsaparilla and root beer kind of go hand in hand. So I thought that this would be a good opportunity to mix them all together. I mean, I'm a little worried. Uh (laughs) You've you've got me startled. Uh Oh, but I'm going to try it. So let's see how it is. I haven't taste tested it. I just did it and I was like, it'll be fine. Uh. Oh, ah, you talk while I sip. Oh, yeah, that that'd be a mm. Oh, I would advise that as a shot. Maybe, maybe get a shot glass, do one third whiskey, one third moonshine, the root beer moonshine, and then the rest, the sarsaparilla, and then just shoot it. Uh, It's tasty, but it is quite strong. It is very strong. Yes. I'm actually impressed with myself. I just had some. Your vocal reactions were scaring me that it wasn't going to be good, but this is an easy to drink drink. Yeah, it's an easy shot. This is something that I would definitely do if we were at like a party. Exactly. If you were doing a rush. Yeah. For I'm, stupid college, yuck. Oh <laughs> boy. Would it help you uh, eat things that you didn't want to eat? Uh, I think after, <laughs> if I ate the thing after this drink, it would be easier. Yes. Maybe, maybe sandwich the thing between two of these shots. Ah, smart. Before we dive on in, I have to say thank you to all of our patrons. You help support the show. You allow us to continue on. And we are so, so grateful for all of you and all of your support, whether it's a dollar or whether it's $20. Thank you all. Nicholas G, Jacob M, Diana S, Curtis R, Aiden T, Oldsbear, Jackie V, Janet S, Cat K, Redhead Rebellion, Les Represent Podcast, Colleen D, and Aubrey L. 
If you want to shout out on the show via our lovely Patreon thank yous, you got to go to patreon.com slash drink and scream. Any final thoughts on that drink before I move on? Um, I'm going to try to sip it slowly. So we're going to we're going to have to see. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, so this week we watched Raw, which premiered on March 15th, 2016. It's written and directed by Julia Ducourneau and edited by Jean-Christophe Bouzy. This is a French film, so good luck with the trailer audio to come later. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> I might, uh, just a heads up, I might not include, well, some people speak French. You we speak usually French, include, so. the, include the trailers. My worry is that I don't know what the fuck I'm cutting, so it might just, I might accidentally cut in the middle of a sentence because someone paused. Oh. Uh, so we'll have to see, I guess. Good luck. It stars Garance Marillier as new veterinary student and vegetarian sister Justine, Ella Rumpf as older sister and no longer vegetarian student Alexia, and Rabat Neufella as Justine's gay roommate and good friend Adrien. This is like making up for all the times that you can't pronounce someone's name, isn't it? Yes. You're just really leaning into the pronunciation. <laughs> Finally, I know what I'm saying yeah. when it's not English. <laughs> This synopsis was written by Nick Reganis on IMDb. Thank you so much, Nick, for your input. Raised as a rigorous vegetarian, freshman Justine arrives at the reputable Saint Ex. Oh, how do I say that? There we go. I got tripped up. <laughs> Saint Exupéry. Saint Exupéry. Yeah, I think that's right. Saint Exupéry Veterinary School. As she leaves the family home, Justine abruptly moves into a mad new world of strange school traditions and vicious initiation tests. And before long, she will have to chew over her unshakable herbivorous beliefs. More and more as Justine descends deeper and deeper into a hidden world of uncharted animalistic tendencies, an unprecedented and equally morbid craving for meat will transform her into something she would have never expected. However, now that Justine's corporal awakening is finally complete, is there a point in denying her hunger for raw flesh? So as part of the hazing ritual, Justine is forced by her sister to eat raw rabbit liver which is what sets the changes in her body into motion. Justine craves raw meat, including raw chicken breast from her mini fridge, as well as human lips during kissing sessions with strangers and with her roommate, mm. Adrien. When her sister accidentally cuts off her own finger during a waxing accident, Justine can't help but eat it. And the two of them blame it on the dog. Later, it turns out her sister also has this issue and she forces folks to crash their cars by diving out in front of them on an isolated road to get them to hit a tree so she can eat from their dying bodies. During hazing, Alexia forces a drunk Justine to try to eat a cadaver from the morgue, which gets filmed and posted everywhere. Justine confronts her sister and they battle it out, literally biting pieces off of each other before silently realizing they are more alike than they thought. Going back to their apartments. The film ends with Justine waking up in Adrien's bed and he is dead with a good chunk of his thigh eaten. Justine thought it was her that had unconsciously done it in her sleep, but she discovers a paralyzing ski pole wound in his back and her sister in the other room in what can only be described as a food coma. 
Alexia gets arrested and back at home, Justin's father reveals to her that her mom had been munching pieces of him for their entire relationship and suggesting that hopefully she'll find her own way to cope soon. That's it. Yeah. Intense. Yeah. Hit me with that trailer audio. Well, joke's on me. There was no words at all. But the music is fucking great. So I'm glad that that was so heavily featured. Yeah, I actually. guess what you just heard is a transition between play that trailer and then just some a, a little bit of music leading back <laughs> in. I don't know. Woo! Um, that was an art house th- trailer if I've ever seen one. I liked it. I thought it was good. It It showed you exactly what you were going to be in for. Yeah, I think so. It reminded me that there was a shot in the movie that I was going to mention, but then forgot. But now I remember again. Uh, It's after she's sort of like hit her peak transition and she's at that party where she gets drunk. Mm -hmm. There's a shot of her sitting up on a table sort of in like a a man spread pose. Mm -hmm. And the way that the camera goes through everybody partying and stuff and her sort of just staring down the camera, licking her lips is very indicative of a clockwork orange when they introduce the main characters in their milk bar. Okay. Um, which also was a shot of them before they went on like a night of depravity. So I think I think that was sort of the intention is to evoke this like getting ready for depravity. Yeah. All right. I yeah, I think the the music is really, really great. The music throughout the film was very intentional and like it had. I don't know what that instrument is. It's not an organ. It's like that's like kind of synthy sound. It Maybe. might just be a synthesizer. Yeah, but it sort of is like string music. Uh, I don't know. Mandolin. <laughs> it's Whatever a French it movie, so it was probably a mandolin. <laughs> Whatever it was, it's great. I liked it. <laughs> but what are your thoughts? So my first thought is kind of a downer, I guess. So That's fine. Go for it. It is a very like artsy movie. It's very approachable, I would say, for an artsy movie, um, especially with the fact that the character is so... Um, approachable. Yeah. And so um, you can apply yourself to her pretty easily. But I found that there were a few strange injections of imagery uh, that weren't really consistent with the rest of the movie. Um, My example of a good version of the imagery is that there was a shot of a horse going from a trot to a gallop while still sort of being like confined to its bridle and straps. Mm -hmm. And it sort of happens around the time that her cannibalism was like, quote unquote, unlocked. Uh, And I thought that was pretty well done because it sort of evoked this idea of um, she's now just really getting into her stride, but she's still being held back by society and her own fears and her mom's uh, like worries that have been implanted on her. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was really well done. But then there are a few other purely imagery shots that I think didn't really land too well. Um, There was a shot of like the the area where the dogs were being dissected, but it's just sort of the shot of one uh, cloth over a dog and it gets pulled away by a mysterious hand. 
And I found that either I didn't understand it, which honestly fair, or it was supposed to be telling something, but was not as strong. I feel as the horse scene. I honestly didn't take that shot as imagery. I took it as she was going to eat that dog. Oh, uh, but you never see her. You just see the sheet come off of the dog. So I'm not really sure. I thought maybe it was supposed to be her sister's dog. Like she was, it was like, like it was supposed to be the euthanized scene of the dog without oh, okay. actually showing the dog being euthanized. Yeah. Because it was the same breed, I think. I'm not sure. Her dog was a German Shepherd mix and that dog was definitely brownish, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a dog. <laughs> um, but I do really agree with you about the other shot that you mentioned on the, with the horse. There are a lot of really cool animal shots, a lot of animals used in this whole movie because they are at veterinary school, uh, which was very interesting. But actually, the... It's funny that you call it like an art film. I didn't really feel that because to me, like art films are so unapproachable. And this seemed it was a tough subject matter, but it seemed approachable to me. Mm, I guess I sort of there's a like very broad for me category of art films. I, I guess I just figure like any indie film that has <laughs> French music. Ah, it's a French movie. A French film. <laughs> I, would, I don't know. I would still kind of consider it artsy relative compared to like most AAA movies. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just felt that it, they could have either gone a little bit heavier with the imagery, uh, which would have made the movie more consistent mm -hmm. or just had the one, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree either or, but I really did like that horse shot. So uh, I think keeping that and le leaving the rest. Like here's, I have a really dumb example but in Mad Max Fury Road, um, after the storm, there's a shot of him like face down in the sand. And he, as he's slowly coming up, then there's this shot of almost like molten lava being shot everywhere. And it's basically the only imagery scene in the entire movie. And it's sort of like this trigger for the character. Like, you're, you're unleashed now. Let's go. Mm. And I think if the horse galloping was the only cutaway imagery shot i think it would have been stronger than sort of putting other ones that didn't work as well in my opinion yeah yeah um i see that but yeah still that horse was cool <laughs> <laughs> my second point is that this movie makes me absolutely hate college culture um especially the like culture of generational forced trauma I guess it's the hazing culture. Yes. But it's the idea that the elders are now allowed to torment the new people because that's what they went through. Um, and it's sort of bullshit. It's also like I did not have this at all where I went. I didn't go to like, I mean, this is, well, I was going to say this is the States. It's not even the States. It's in France. Um, my college experience was not like that. But I've seen everything I've seen of hazing has been in media and it's all been incredibly negative and scary <laughs> yeah it's all it's it takes a lot of agency away from everybody and it's not even training them for adult life i guess if the point is to be like you now that you're not living with your parents you've lost all control and people who are more superior to you than are going to control you that's pretty indicative of adult life 
Um, but I don't know. It's shit like that that would make me want to live off campus. But then you know that hazing culture generally leads to like close knit relationships where it's like, oh, you lived on campus and, and went through hazing and joined the frat. So now you're basically set for life because yeah. my dad works at a law firm or at a vet office and is only hiring me and my friends because that's how shit works. Something that could have been done would be to maybe add a bit of a moment of scenes of somebody that refused to participate in the hazing rituals because uh justin is forced into it by her sister she tries to resist and isn't able to uh but to see like the impact on the kids that didn't do it would maybe have been interesting yeah you get kind of just an idea of like the sister telling her what's going to happen if she doesn't do it they just say she just says like oh you're going to be a loser yeah they're going to cross your face off but again it'll probably be like when fucking uh, rich kid's dad opens up a veterinary clinic and is like, who am I going to hire? My son, obviously. And then who is my son going to recommend? Yeah. The son's probably not going to recommend the traitors. <laughs> yeah. Even if they're like, there's that also that whole bullshit with the teacher who says like, you are a grade A student and you're going to be an excellent vet, but you ruin it for everybody else. I would rather you fail than, uh, like you be here threatening people who don't naturally have the gift. Yeah. Which, which is, and he even says this like white old AF uh, teacher is speaking to Justin about this. And he even goes as far as to say, you know, you're discouraging good doctors from continuing because they would rather drop out than compete with you. Yeah. Maybe I'm if like, they didn't stop, maybe if they stopped torturing people and spent more time studying. Yeah. God. Yeah. That, just like, I, and I know, like you said, like your college experience wasn't like that. My post-secondary experience wasn't like that. I imagine a lot of college campuses are probably chill, but, and like, I don't know, most, I always imagined like you're, you're free from the hazing as long as you don't try to join like a frat. Yeah. But it seems like this entire vet school is just entirely run by these like alpha douchebag elders totally yeah um yeah it was it it was extremely annoying off-putting yeah totally but in like a good way for the film but like yeah yeah do you hear that it's time for whispers from beyond This would normally be where we shout out someone who wrote us a review, uh, sent us a message or email, and unfortunately we don't have any right now, but I wanted to take the time to say that it really helps the show if you leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or we're on IMDb, anywhere that you have an account, if you leave us a review, it is so, so helpful. Tell your friends, tell your family, anybody who you think would like the show, let them know. Even if you think they won't like the show if they then go review us at least we're getting engagement yeah you just give us a hate review that's yeah don't do that but five stars (laughs) fuck these people uh but yeah please reach out to us we love it when we get reviews and we love to read them on the air get a shout out yeah We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This season of Drinking and Screaming would not be possible without the continued support of Mad Lab Distillery. With us since the very beginning, this distillery is Canadian and we love everything they create. We use their sarsaparilla snops 
Schnapps? Schnapps in this week's drink. You can get their amazing products at a private liquor store near you or at madlabdistilling.com. It's almost the holiday season and Evil Amy has you covered with bath bombs, something to help your friends and family relax with their favorite scents uh, as they have a variety to choose from, including Witch's Brew, Vampire Ash, Wolfsbane, which I'm kind of interested in, and even more delicious scents. They even come, some of them, shaped and colored as various slasher villains. There's Michael Myers, Pennywise, Freddy, and it goes on. These are manufactured by Fantasy Soapworks and exclusive to Evil Amy's Terror Shop. You can get yours, they ship globally, at EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com and use code EVIL10 for 10% off your purchase. Thank you so much to After Dark Distillery for becoming a season sponsor this season. This week, we use their root beer moonshine and whiskey, and we're thrilled to explore your flavored moonshines and other delicious products and can't wait to showcase more of them on the show. You can get your own at AfterDarkDistillery.com. I have to tell you, I did a little little sneak taste of just the root beer moonshine, and it is sweet. It is root beer. I... uh, think it's really what influenced this drink to not be so difficult to drink. Yeah. Uh, dangerous. Shar uh, <laughs> and I being hipsters drink everything out of mason jars and the fact that moonshine of theirs at least comes in, in mason jars makes it very hard to not just you know straight up drink it. <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. If you do, you might just get on the show. For more information to buy some merch, go to drinking and We also would love if you could leave us a review on Apple podcast or Podchaser to help more folks find the show. Hey, here's what I need from you. Oh God. Just say, let's go back to the show. En, en français. Um, on retourne à l'épisode. What were your points? My first point is also kind of a downer in that <laughs> it's about how society sucks. Fair. Um, I really like this movie and I'll get into that a bit later, but I do want to talk. I did want to talk about how. It really focuses on a prevalent theme in society and it shines light on this about why people who menstruate are like forced to be ashamed about their bodily functions. And it's really annoying. It's something that I deal with even now. And I my mom like talked to me about menstruating and stuff. Um, But it's so bad that a lot of families just don't discuss it at all. And then they I guess, rely on like public school education to get the job done. Like if you can just envision Carrie and this is basically that, (laughs) (laughs) but about um, like cannibalism, vampirism. I don't know what she's got. Yeah. It's weird that cannibalism is in their DNA. Yeah. Or it's like inherited. I don't know. So this is like the direct line of symbolism that I got from this movie. And the mom just shelters her daughter for no fucking reason, knowing that she's going to eat meat because of the hazing ritual, because her and her dad did the same exact thing. And it's been going on for generations, like you were saying, generational trauma. Yeah. But then the first this is like the second time that we've watched this film. The first time I was so focused on like, why did the mom not tell her like this makes no sense? She should have been prepared And then this, it only just clicked now for me, the second viewing, that it's exactly like 
how it is for a lot of people when it comes to their bodies and sexuality. And it's this like taboo topic that nobody talks about. And it's up to you to like discover yourself, which is all fine and dandy, but it's extra bad if you're going (laughs) to become a cannibal. (laughs) And like the mom also, you could say like maybe she expected Uh, At the start of the film, the mom, the dad and Justin all arrive at the college campus and they like leave her because the sister was supposed to pick her up and like show her around and the sister doesn't come. So I'm like, is the mom expecting the sister Alexia to like show her the ropes of (laughs) school and cannibalism? I don't know. But it's just like everyone's so ashamed of this issue that they all have. It's also like they know how irresponsible their older uh, daughter is. So she probably won't do a good job. And she didn't. And then got put in jail. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. It's so, and like the con, it's just something that the body does. I kind of almost think it's the same thing as the hazing where it's like, well, we went through it. So now you have to go through it as well. You have to learn about cannibalism the hard way by being thrown into this vet school. Which is just so dumb. Just help everybody. Yeah. Just make the world a better place (laughs) by sharing knowledge. I mean, yeah, fuck. I can't imagine like growing up in the 50s what my sexual health would be like. I mean, yeah, that's how people get sick or pregnant or both. STDs. Yeah. yeah. But abstinence is the way. Yeah. Don't worry, everybody. Just don't have sex. Exactly. Just don't eat any of the food that your body is craving, a.k.a. flesh, and it'll be fine. Which it isn't because then that's what she tries to do. And she like almost dies in her bed. Also, why? OK, so I like to think about these things in like a tabletop RPG way. What would my character do and how would they fulfill their needs in a smart way? Okay. Why are they working as vets if their desire is to eat human flesh? Why not work in like a crematorium and specifically not like a morgue or anything? A crematorium right. would let you eat the human flesh before burning it and uh, removing all evidence that you had done anything. Yeah, I was thinking about this and I think it's because it's the same reason why my theory about how it was Justin that was eating the dog when the sheet came off. I don't think that's right because they crave like the fresh flesh. That's hard to say. Fresh flesh. Um, So anything that's been like treated or has been dead for a while is no good anymore. Like the, she goes to eat the raw chicken breast and she does eat some of it and like it fills the need but that's been like properly preserved in a way to be eaten i mean cooked but still so i feel like dead bodies don't do it which is why the sister alexia has to like make people crash their cars and then like basically suck their blood and like skin eat their their brains fully just eaten brains um yeah i mean like it's it's there's so many things that you could do instead of what you're doing yeah. to fulfill this need. But as you said, it's also this generational thing of like, let's not talk about it. Yeah. The mom's idea is kind of good. Get, but a, get a man who love you so much. He let you bite him. Yeah. But that's also really sad. And like, he's very debilitated. Like he has a lot of injuries, uh, yeah. which is like not really great either. It also seems to be only something, again, going with the the period metaphor, that only something have. that affects the women because yeah. he like specifically says like, 
don't have two daughters. It's too hard. (laughs) Yeah. And then my last point is that I find we sort of touched on this already, but like I find this movie is very hard to watch for me for many different reasons. One of which was the hazing is incredible. um, And it's like, I really don't like it when people are forced to make choices like it's a pretend agency that people have. Like, really, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Specifically, when people ask you afterwards, it's like, did they force you? And it's like, well, technically, no, by the, by the defi- but, definition of it, no. Yeah. But in that situation, if I said no, bad things would have happened. And she even that exactly that situation happens at the nurse's office because Justin gets like a really bad rash after she eats the rabbit liver. And the nurse is like, well, they just tell you to eat a rabbit liver and you do it. And she's like, well, I said no. Did they force you? No. <laughs> it's like very much like sexual assault reprimand, uh, like discourse yeah. happening in that room. It's not cons- not con- continuous consent of eating rabbit liver. Yeah. So I don't want to eat. (laughs) (laughs) So that was really hard to to watch. But then also uh, the scene where Justine gets really, really, really drunk. She's like out of her mind, wasted. And she's obviously out of control, like not out of control. Like she's acting wild, but like she's not in control of her decision making anymore. And nobody helps her. People film her and like it gets posted and is so sad. It One guy hurts. is like, maybe don't film her. Yeah. And, then, and like pushes the it. camera down and that's it. And then it keeps, it comes back up and keeps going again. That was her sister's doing. She was supposed to take care of Justine. God damn it. Alexia. Uh, and then the last, uh, element of this movie being really hard to watch was all the practical effects, which yeah. were super cool. But so like, I don't really get nauseated from, like people when when people talk about like, oh, that movie's so hard to watch. I always think of like Saw or like Kelly really has issues watching Audition. Yeah, the end of Audition really got me. Um, And none of that sort of like body horror gets to me. But this really got to me like there's a trigger warning for gross descriptions. Uh, Justine like pulls out incredible lengths of hair from her throat because she's been eating her own hair and it just keeps going and it just like activated my gag reflex or like every time she eats the actual raw flesh like she eats the chicken breast or she eats her sister's finger it's all so well done in Mm -hmm. that if you're eating raw like just imagine eating a finger it's gonna be hard like your teeth aren't meant to eat like uncooked flesh so it they do it really well. I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, but it's really well done. And it, it just was sickening to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was talking about this while we were watching it, that it, it does that thing that I always talk about, which is the, the small body horrors, something like the thing or like a person blowing up doesn't affect you that much because you have no frame of reference for what that feels like. Yes. But the tiny things, the little cuts on glass and the biting through flesh and the like teeth falling out are all stuff that people have a close enough connection to what that feels like that their body almost responds to feeling it themselves. Exactly. Ah! And this does a really, it, it is a body horror movie, but it's not in the way that like 
Slither is a body horror where you walk into a barn and there's like this inflated person because you have no recollection of you have no association with how that feels. Yeah. But being in the shower and having your tooth fall out, that's that's something that could feasibly happen to a person. And yeah, you know what that feels like. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, it's unsettling. Definitely. Hey, guess what else is made of human flesh? Uh, what this fucking book we keep carrying around we keep moving i tell you we should get rid of it but you're like nah it's a collectible i throw it away it just comes back it's a first edition (laughs) it's signed by the original creator in blood uh and it's you know it's one of those those books you can always pick up and read again so i think Mm -hmm. it is time to do so it's time to open the wreck Meat sounds. (laughs) My recommendation is a little off the beaten path, but I'm going to say Pan's Labyrinth from 2006. It's another coming of age story, albeit a bit younger and more fantasy horror, but it still has a few like body horror, hard to watch moments. uh, So I recommend it. Also, as an English speaker myself, it's another movie that doesn't do that. Whoa. Whoa. So it's Pan's <laughs> Labyrinth from 2006. Nice. My recommendation is a film we've actually done an episode on, mm. which is Ginger Snaps from 2000, which is another woman coming of age horror film, but it's much easier to watch than this. It's uh, still very supernatural, but more werewolves than vampires. It's a really fun film. Uh, my other one would have been Teeth, but I still haven't actually seen that. But I feel like that one's also kind of hard to watch. So either or. But uh, my real recommendation, Ginger Snaps from 2000. Yeah, my recommendation was going to be Neon Demon, but I also haven't seen that. So I don't don't like sometimes if I can't think of anything else, I'll do a recommendation that I don't haven't actually seen. But and then kind of like raise your hands up and be like, if it's got problems, I don't know. I don't watch it. (laughs) I didn't watch it. (laughs) But that's it for me. Scaredy facts. This is the part of our podcast where we just watched a movie that was super uncomfortable to watch made us feel gross in our tummy. So we invite you into our bed. We open up IMDb and we help you get through that feeling by reading the trivia section. And we're going to do that now for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something I don't usually do. Sometimes if the trivia section's a little lacking. I'll hop into the goofs, which is always fun to read. Yes. I am extremely disappointed in whoever wrote these goofs because <gasps> they are awful. No. And I'm going to read a couple of them off to you. Okay. And then tell you why they're bad. Yes. So one of them says, uh, uh, Alex passes out when seeing her own blood, but is perfectly fine eating human brains. Uh, she cut her dang finger off, y'all. I think yeah. she was passing out from cutting her finger off and not from the blood. That's some shock, yeah. Uh, another one is when uh, Adrienne and Justine stop at the gas station to buy food. Justine's sandwich turns into a meat skewer. Hey, people can buy two things. Yes. And can switch between them. Yes. Goof writer. She specifically says that it's shawarma that I think like they bought two sticks and put the sticks in the bread to like beef up the sub. Yeah. And then continued eating the meat on the stick. In the end, it is revealed that Justine's mother has the same cannibalistic tendencies, yet sends her daughters to the school where they are forced to eat meat. Hey, parents suck, and we just talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, They're supposed to ha- be studying a vet stuff. However, yeah. there's a full human morgue. You pointed this out to me. In the beginning, when they're driving Justine to school, they say, this is the hospital. 
there's this the hospital's morgue right next to it, and then the vet school's next to the morgue. Hey, yeah. Sit, ask the city planner. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and then the final final one is at the end when Justine's dad shows her his scars. Are you to, are you to tell me that the dad has never had his shirt off in front of his daughters? Yes. Probably. I think if your mom is a cannibal, <laughs> your dad is probably going to prioritize not letting you see his dang torso Whoa. because there's fucking scars everywhere. So, yeah, I think that's probably believable. They didn't go to a beach. Or if they did, they wore a shirt like I do because I have body issues. Yeah. Anyways, that's me dunking on the goofs. Damn it, goofs. <laughs> so. There should be. Sometimes it's like incorrectly regarded as goofs. None of these are. Oh, okay. These are all ver- people being aggressively incorrect. Well, we're telling you you're wrong. And that was almost all of them. Another one I could feasibly see, but whatever. Um, all right. Starting with the actual trivia. The, yes. The budget. Uh, 3.5 million euro. Whoa. Which, which I think is like six. It's quite a bit. Yeah, it's million? more than uh, the Canadian dollar. That's for sure. Also, it's annoying that they jump between currencies for these stats. I'm so sorry, everybody. I mean, I could quickly Google 3.5 mil euro to, to can. Due to you used. To yuzzed. Yeah, that's better. Uh, Four million. Okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. The gross in the U.S. and Canada is 500,000. That makes sense. Yeah. It was very, it's an international film. Yeah. Uh, Gross worldwide, $3 million. So they did not make a profit. Yeah. As we've just learned. Which I'm, I'm a bit surprised. Well, I don't know. I can't remember who recommended us this movie. I feel like it was a listener. Yeah, I think so as well. And I, I'm just, it's really good. It's definitely a movie that if I was like a casual observer, I wouldn't probably watch it. Especially if someone told me the subject matter and some of the triggers, I probably wouldn't check it out. Yeah. Um, I was glad that you don't actually see like animals dying. It's all like procedures, which are kind of unsettling, but also kind of cool. And probably done by real vets. Yeah, I would assume so. It's not. I was hoping there would be a trivia about that. Damn it. There isn't. So the first one is the raw chicken that Justine is eating out of the fridge is actually just sugar. Um, Okay. The actress said uh, that the scene, uh, while not making her disgusted about chicken, it did disgust her from eating uh, candies for life. (laughs) Which I could totally, if it's just like glucose blob. Yeah. I could totally see that. It didn't seem like. It was the right texture almost. It was kind of far enough away and dark, but the tear felt real. It yeah. Was, I thought it was good. Yeah. It was um, very hard to watch. Um, so this was uh, premiered, obviously, at a film festival in Sweden, and apparently 30 people left the cinema while this movie was playing, uh, and two people fainted, and some ran for the toilet to puke. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, it reminds me of uh, Chuck Palahniuk's book, uh, Haunted. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't read that, but I've heard stories about it. Yeah. There's one segment in there that during a reading, a couple people have historically fainted. And while I was reading it on the bus, I almost fainted, which I was I kind of acquainted to both car sickness and mm-hmm. reading sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, Metal Gear Solid director Hideo Kojima Says that it's one of his favorite films of 2018. Nice. Yeah. But this movie came out in 2016. Well, he said it's his favorite (laughs) film of 2018. We watched it in 2021. So (laughs) let's not dunk on Hideo Kojima. Uh, The writer and director, Julia Ducarneau. 
Juliette Ducourneau. Sure. Uh, has rejected people classifying this film as a horror movie. Now, I'm about to say why that's bullshit. She says, well, uh, her intent was it to be disturbing. It was not to scare. That's in what horror is. Instead, she views her work as a mix of comedy, drama, teen movie, and body horror. Body hey, what? Hey, <laughs> I don't know if this is a translation <laughs> error from en français. Yeah, that could be. Um, but, but that's like horror movies are not like jump scare. Horror movie does not equate jump scare movie. A lot of horror is just disturbing film like and hard to watch. It's also something we don't really talk about too much on this podcast. But there was an idea we learned in school about um, you. You basically lose ownership of your message the moment you release it to the public. The Once the public takes your art and begins to consume it, the message is defined more by how people perceive your stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's a thing that I think a lot of artists don't like and don't accept, especially when they get a little bit pissy. Um, but if your movie is perceived as a horror movie by the general public, that's what your movie is. And I'm sorry. Um, sorry. It's ju just how it is. Um, and my final one is the hardest scene to film for... Garance Marillier. Yep, that's was the withdrawal scene, which I think is when she got the rashes. I think that might it's either when she got the rashes or when she dreamt that she was getting hit by chains under her blanket. Yes, I think it's that one. Okay. Uh she said that the director made her watch this uh scene from train spotting to help okay. her. Which uh is a Matthew Lillard joint, I believe. Ah. I have never seen train spotting, which again, Neither people listening might hate me for that <laughs> hate us together yeah uh that's interesting because when that scene happened i was wondering is this happening is this really happening like is this hazing or is this in her mind so this kind of answers that it was it definitely just in her mind and body the the withdrawal of not eating the flesh yeah it was when she was kind of rejecting eating flesh yeah um, very interesting. Yeah. I wish there was more, but I guess it's pretty unknown. So I feel like that's the fucking sassiest I've been during, uh, uh, trivia section. I blame the rush shots. Yeah. I'm all <laughs> hopped up on this concoction. I've done about three shots now. So Woo! do you have any final thoughts? I do. Um, it's weird, but this movie gave me a lot of ideas for playing Mask uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Oh. Um, I had a few uh, ideas of how my character, if I ever got to play, I'm a forever DM, so. Uh, but it made me think of how my player would react to first having to drink blood. Uh, the idea of like, yeah, the withdrawal of blood. It had a really good, I don't know if the intention was there, but it had a really good representation of having the like beast inside you wanting to drink blood. Um, and how that affects you. Yeah. Uh, so I just came out of this movie with a bunch of ideas for role-playing games. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I can see that. My final thought is, I sort of touched on this. It was much easier for me to watch this the second time around than the first. I feel like I had like a visceral reaction the first time being like, this was kind of, I like... I don't know how to preface this. I said things that I do not believe of like this movie was just to like make me feel nauseous. Oh, yeah. And like they did this for no reason. Whereas this time around 
And after like having time to think about it, that's why I put it on our list for this season was that I liked to think more on the film's actual message and the fact of like the societal pressures on people who menstruate and just the coming of age that is always so isolated mm-hmm. is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, that's been Raw, a movie about a stretch of straight road that has a lot of mysterious crashes and nobody seems to be investigating it. (laughs) Next week, we'll be watching Z from 2019 as we interview the fantastic writer, director, editor, and basically everything else of the film, Brandon Christensen. What? We got him? Again! Hey! (laughs) And remember, always scream responsibly. Let for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drink and scream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.